Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, hello again. My name is Sandra Dorsey, and I'm founder and CEO of Sendor Capital Limited. Welcome to another wonderful session of Charged Up Studio with my colleague, Donna Olivo. With Market Academy LLC. And we're here with Robin Siebold. Robin has graced us with her presence today. She is a psychotherapist in private practice in Lake Mary in Melbourne, Florida, also certified family mediator. She is a collaboratively trained professional and helps couples divorce with dignity, um, as she states, uh, as she is a qualified parent coordinator and works with high conflict couples Uh she used to teach the required four class, four hour class for divorcing parents with minor children. Let me do that again. She used to teach the required four class four, that again. She used to teach the required four hour class for divorcing parents with minor children. She has written a book to divorce or not reflections of the self. Her mission is to inspire others to live their purpose for over 25 years. She has coached individuals, couples, and families with their relationships. She says the number one relationship problem goes beyond communication. She encourages us to learn how to resolve conflict and getting stronger through it. It is about accepting differences for what they are. Whether you just want a stronger relationship or you're in crisis and do not know which way to turn, the only thing holding you back right now is probably fear. Ask yourself, she says, what would love do? And then give me, give her a call. Ask yourself, what would love do? And then give her a call. She has a passion to help people have happier lives. First and foremost, she said we must understand ourselves. Our pain that is not resolved does not end when we leave the relationship, she says. She says we must pass them. Uh, we must pass through them or we will pass them on to our children. We carry them into our next relationship. Wow. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to hear what Robin has to say. So the theme of this conversation is, Donna? It is, we're, since we're dealing with business, entrepreneurship, it's important that um, we needed to bring somebody in who could focus on the psychology or the psychotherapy of business, not only for the entrepreneurs, but for the employees, and Robin and I had a uh, had a short discussion uh, before you got here, Sandra. Before Sandra appeared from being late. 
And so we were talking a little bit about, I work with small, and when I talk small, I'm not talking about SBA's uh, definition of small, which is 500 employees or less. I'm talking about employees that are um, 10, in, I mean, businesses that are 10 employees or less. So these are your your true small micro businesses. And we spoke a little bit about what we go through as a micro business when we have employees and and we're not at the top of our game. Can you talk a little bit more about that, Robin? Well, you, what what uh, Sandra was reading about my bio, you know, was basically talking about relationships when we're talking about one-on-one, you know, like our love romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it's all our relationships. So a lot of times when I work with companies, businesses, uh, it, it it is also the relationships we, that we have with our, our work. So when we have an owner, um, a, a boss, he can be having interactions with his employees that he's bringing from home. So it could be failed relationships that he's had with partners that he's now um, reflecting upon or projecting upon his em- employees. And he could be having conflicts with people that he's got as employees or coworkers or partners. You know, he may have a, par- a business partner that he doesn't re- re- realize that he's had outside of work with a former love partner. And that's something that needs to be brought to light because if they don't, if, if we don't understand that, then we're repeating patterns that we don't understand that this is something that's come from our past. And a lot of times when I work with people in a work uh, situation, I will bring this to light to them because they'll come in and they'll be complaining about the boss or their coworker, and they'll think that, you know, that there's something wrong with this other person and that, you know, what are we going to do about this other person? You know, maybe they need to be removed or, you know, the boss needs to change. And of course, we can never change anybody else. Yeah. But oftentimes, if we will just adjust the way that we are, are interacting with this person, that oftentimes we can change the way uh, the the interactions are taking place. So they'll oftentimes look at me like, what are you, crazy? You know, obviously this person is wrong. You know, we need to change them because they're wrong. But we don't have any power to change the other person, especially when they're the boss or the right. owner of the company. right. right. And that's true. And and it, it not only applies to the owner of the business, but it also applies to the employees of the business because they go through their personal issues and they often will bring them into the into the workplace as well. Um, my husband and I, um, when we were very early on in our marriage, and we've been married 37 years now, very early on, we went through all the different assessments like Myers-Briggs and things like that. And the one that stuck with us the most was the book called The Five Love Languages. And the reason that stuck with me was because it helped me understand that it's not my gifts, my love languages that appeals to him, but rather his. And I had to learn what made him happy is not necessarily what makes me happy. Well, that's excellent. And 
that's one of the first things I do when I work with couples. The first thing I do, because it's the easiest thing that makes an impact in a relationship, is understanding the other person. And it really works well with males, not to be gender biased, but men generally don't want to get too much into the psychobabble. So it's Emotions. an easy thing. Yeah. Well, but the they feelings. also don't want to be nitpicked and everything right. else. So, they... so <laughs> give, it, give it to me straight and make it simple. Right. So it, And I tell them, you don't even have to read the book. Look, just go online. It's a free 20-question mm-hmm. self-scoring. So just go home and take the test and then exchange the information. Now, we all need all five love languages, which is gifts, acts of service, words of affirmation, quality time, and physical touch. But oftentimes the top one or two are not the same, and we're usually speaking our own love language mm-hmm. and not understanding why we're not getting the – the, this, the experience that we want from our partner. And the, and the typical um, example that I give uh, to couples is that the typical male-female relationship is that the fe- female's love langu- top love language is acts of service, and the top male love language is physical touch, translated sex. Yes. <laughs> so the scenario is something like this. The female's home, and she's making... Her husband's uh, favorite dinner, and she got her. She has herself all cleaned up and smelling nice, and she's waiting. You know, she's got the house all cleaned up, and she's waiting for him to come home. and And he came comes home after a hard day's work, and he comes up behind her while she's cooking the meal, and she he puts his arms around her waist, and he nuzzles her on the back of her neck, and she whips around and she says, "You forgot to take the garbage out." And he <laughs> looks at her like, "What's wrong here?" Mm-hmm. Well, he's giving her the love language of that he wants, right? But he didn't satisfy her love language, was which is acts of service, right? So if he'd only and taken duty. the the garbage out, he might have gotten what he, he wanted right, that night. Gotten, gotten what <laughs> right. he wanted, right? You know, so I need to simple. send this to one of my friends because I have a friend who was pre-divorce yeah. having this exact issue, yeah. and it's she would simple. call me in London. And I said, it's interesting how, you know, I gave up psychology after my undergrad because now I'm a business person with an MBA and you're still calling me for advice. We went to uh, undergrad together. But her relationship was based on this paradigm that I do this and he does this and we need to just continue moving forward based on our duties, what we agree to. This is in the household. But so let's talk about how we sort of translate at, into the business place because right. we're having relationships in the business place as well. In one of the books in, that I've read a long, a while ago in one of my former relationships was by Gay Hendricks, you know, um, was that getting the conscious loving, getting the love you want, I think I'm paraphrasing here. I, are you familiar with this well, work, the work that he did? Yes, as far it, as the indigo, uh, it's based on indigo therapy where the person is presenting to you your shadow self and what you need to resolve. Well, I think you're mixing two different people up here because okay. the Hendri- uh, you're talking about – now you're mixing me up. <laughs> Gay Hendricks. Gay Hendricks wrote The Conscious Relationship. Right, The Conscious Relationship. That's uh, but the you're talking about the Imago, which is uh, Getting the Love You Want. Thank you. Getting are the those love two you different want. books? No, those are d- two different – yeah, two different entities. And I see. Interesting. I've read a lot um, in my lifetime. Yeah. And now I'm blanking on the author of okay. that one because I okay. use that all the time, the Imago. Imago because therapy. Because we talk about 
we marry our mothers and our fathers. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. The unfinished business. But we often think of girls marry their fathers, boys marry their mothers, and it's not always that. I marry my mother. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the parent you have the most unresolved issues with. So it's not always the opposite parent. Mm -hmm. And you will continue to do that. You will continue to find that parent in your relationships. And it isn't just in your love relationships. It's It's in your business relationships. It's in your business relationships as well. Harville Hendricks. Yes, Harville Hendricks. And then there is the other one. Right. So easy to get them confused. But they're both excellent. And they're both Bibles. But I happen to use the Imago stuff. So So how do we use that into the business world? Because we're constantly creating relationships. Not necessarily necessarily intimate relationship but constructive and no, you, useful relationship you find that you do the same thing you the find thing. the same situations that work so you your coworkers mm-hmm. your bosses you will it, it's it's weird how we will go to work you know gathering these people together in the workplace and lo and behold we brought our mothers, our fathers, mm-hmm. our, brothers, our brothers, our sisters. They're all there again. Even the neighbor can come to work. Yeah, we yeah. we created the whole gang. Absolutely. Here we are all together mm-hmm. again. It's like, well, we've still got lessons to learn. That's yeah. why they're all here. And that's exactly And there's a lot of dynamics that are taking place when you're in the work environment. Well, my, my doctorate, which, Sandra, you didn't mention, but my doctorate is in metaphysics. Mm-hmm. And that's what this is all about. Right. I mean, it's I love like, metaphysics. I got to get that on audio. Yeah. <laughs> love metaphysics. I've been studying metaphysics for the last 20 years. Yeah. Please touch on we create our reality. We do create our reality and right. it's going to continue to surround us because and that's why I got my doctorate in metaphysics to write because I didn't want to go back and get brainwashed and become I don't want to give tests and write reports right. and do all right. that. Right. I didn't want to be a clinical psychologist, I, but I wanted the doctorate so that I could write because it lends the credibility. I didn't need the clinical psychology to do the work that I do. But metaphysics in the spiritual realm and all that goes on has much greater meaning than what we see. You have to delve into it. Absolutely. The only difference here is we're all co-creating. It's whether we know it and we make a conscious decision to take control of this co-creation process or we just remain ignorantly blissful. Or we can sit and blame everybody about this happened to me and it has to be your fault. Or we can say, hmm. I did that. I wonder why Sandra showed up out of nowhere and walked into my open house on the 1st of December. Right. It's just happened to be driving by. And Coming from Aldi. Wasn't, that, wasn't it some kind of weird yes. situation? where yes. Someone <laughs> was standing and I was like, oh, I, I love these type of events. And <laughs> well, we had and met before. <laughs> we had met before casually somewhere in Orange County where I, I don't live in Orange County. And then I meet her again in Seminole County. And There's for those reasons. of you who don't know, that's in Central Florida. So Robin is someone I was fascinated by because I was like, this powerful woman. She had this powerful. I wish. Again, I keep saying on every session that I wish you had I, we had cameras so you could see our guests. But we'll post pictures of these of, of these sessions so you can actually get to know our guests. And so keep telling us more about this creation because I have my opinions. But this is not about me today. This is about you. This is your platform, Charged Up Studio. Love to have guests like you who have you you've gone deep into this. And how can someone actually take charge of their psyche from what you're speaking about how can they transform their experience whether it was a failure that got them to listen to or they they've had success and they want to keep going for more success 
with their employees in their own mental health. Well, first of all, let me just say that I had my hair done before I came here just for the show. Okay. okay? <laughs> and that I and realized, there's no video. <laughs> and, and I realized that when I was getting my hair done, when I used to do my radio show years ago, that I always got my hair done on my way to, to have the show and it was always live. Okay. Because you yes. have to feel good when you're doing any kind of a show, even if people don't see you. Other Absolutely. Than you're seeing me. Absolutely. It's Every funny. failure is yeah. an opportunity. Every oh, failure, yes. because it's only your perception that it's a failure. Right. Every relationship that you thought you had to have mm -hmm. that didn't work out. I tell people when they get a divorce and they say, I failed. I failed. No, mm -hmm. you didn't fail. You only failed if you don't learn from the relationship that just ended. Absolutely. And and you're talking to someone who's never been married because I was so afraid of divorce. And yes, yeah, there there is a little bit of fear in me in that area. And of course, there's no person who's never been married who didn't say, oh, my goodness, that whole thing of marriage commitment. Ooh, let me breathe. But that was the conditioning that... I can't see myself committing that long because I had my parents living the dream of being they they started dating when they were 16 they married when they were six, um 26 I mean it, my mother is such a regimented my father was military and I was like I'm such a free spirit there is no way I can commit to that in, in that way but I've managed to live my life um, the way I choose to. So what you're saying is, as far as relationships are concerned, not there's no cookie-cutter way of living it. You just have to decide in that whatever the experience is for you, speaking about the audience and whoever's going through a challenge with the relationship or their mental health, you still have control to shift that paradigms once you recognize that it's an opportunity. Well, I think that those of us that don't get married are reacting to what we observed with our parents. Right. So the, the, the adult children that don't get married mm -hmm. have either watched their parents, as you're describing, mm -hmm. that did it so well mm -hmm. that there's no way that you could do it that well right. so you don't even do it at all. Right. Or... They have watched parents that should have done it well and didn't do it right. successfully, so they're scared to try it, so they don't get married, and that would be my children because they watched my psychologist husband and I not make it. So my adult children, I have three <laughs> sons who are not married but are with the same girls from high school and have adult children, I mean, have children with their significant others and are not married, then there's the children who have serial marriages, right. Right. who had crazy parents, right. who stayed together for the sake of the children, which is very damaging, in my opinion, to stay together for the sake of the children because you do more damage because you're teaching your children how to have relationships. It's not And it's not healthy when you stay together for the sake of the children and you're dysfunctional because what are children learning? They're recording as they watch you do relationships. And then what are they going to do? Not do as I say, but do as I do. And yes. they go and repeat what they see. Donna, well, what so, are your thoughts? Yeah. I want to bring it back to the business side of things. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but okay. this, this does That's translate okay. into the business but side it does, because and this is where relationships, I'm going. because this, you recreate your drama in the workplace. That's where people get triggered all the time. 
Well, this is where I want to go with this mm-hmm. is because listening to what you, you're saying, you know, as far as personal relationships and what we do in the workplace, okay, we talked a little bit about uh, failure in business when small businesses fail and the psyche, the, the hit that the psyche has or gets from that small business failure. But at the same time, let's talk a little bit about when we have a difficult employee that we continue to keep on and keep that negative um, communication going on, but we're afraid to let them go. So it's like staying in a bad marriage or a bad relationship or staying in an abusive relationship. But I also was going to say that it what I was saying about the the younger generation that's not uh, getting married, but they'll have children. Mm -hmm. The younger generation is also dating their jobs. Mm-hmm. So we have a generational thing going on, too. You've got the baby boomers that stick with the job till they get the watch, okay? And then you've got the millennials and the younger ones that are dating their jobs. Right. They just don't show up one day because they decided, eh, they don't like this. They're going off to another job. And that's exactly they it. They have and, no commitment. Right. And, now, and then you also have the baby boomers who are now realizing they can't support themselves. So they're starting their own businesses after they retire. That's fascinating. It is. That is fascinating. And, you know, why don't you, I would love to hear your perspective metaphysically on this concept of what are they playing out as far as this detachment? Are they, it's just a fear of getting hurt, isn't it? A fear of rejection. That's the deeper issue here. Or is this, is, am I looking too much into this? Are we talking about the younger generation? The younger right? generation. What are they, what's the avoidance here? I don't think it's avoidance. I think what it is is they're not happy being contained. I think they feel as though they can do so much more than their bosses. They feel as though they they are so so much much farther ahead than the position that they're in, and they feel as though they – but they haven't gotten that life experience behind them. I think also part of it is they have an entitlement issue. Yes. And they have parents who have overindulged. Indulged. And we also have a generation who have been, uh, many of them raised by single parents who have tried to overcompensate. Especially for for men, would you say? The mother's making up for the father's. Exactly. They've they've overcompensated at I being one. Mm -hmm. I am guilty of over trying to overcompensate mm-hmm. for the missing parent. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. So then you see what, you know, you think you're doing the right thing. And so even when you're educated and you're that's, thinking that you know the right... that's a form right, of abuse, I would say. What? Anytime um, that when we're talking about, you know, in a business setting, if there is... So we're talking about business now. So in when there is a... Uh, because some employers, I think, are so afraid to lose their employees, they actually let them get away with too much. So how do you balance that? How do you bring bring it into a sort of a, a, a healthy relationship? Because you could say that this person has this set of skills that I really need, and I'm so afraid they're going to leave, so I'm just going to give them everything they want, where you're neglecting. It's just like having children. You're neglecting the other who's so loyal and performing, may not have the same skill set, but also, go ahead. I just had this conversation last week with <laughs> the company that I consult with, mm-hmm. and you're exactly right. 
A company is just like a family. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like the child that says, but you don't let me do that, mm-hmm. but you're letting this one get away with that. Mm-hmm. How come I get punished, but this one isn't? Mm-hmm. You know, I do. I go above and beyond, but you're letting this one get away with that. And they get to, you know, they're, they're, they're not getting in trouble for, you know, for doing it, but I did. So I had the conversation that, why are you hanging on to an employee right. that's not living up to your standards right. and so on. If you let go of the employee that's not performing, perhaps you'll attract better. You'll attract the employee that will perform. And what you, are you playing And, and if you're hanging on to the one that's not working, it's just like in a relationship. If you hang on to the bad, dysfunctional relationship, you won't make room for right. the relationship that might be better for you. Absolutely. If you hang on to the employee that's not working for you, you're not making room for the right. employee that you will attract that might be better for you. Right. And when you have dysfunctional working relationships, it affects your bottom line. Absolutely. When you have you have employees that are not performing, when you have employees that don't show up, when you have employees that are overburdened with financial issues, they've got drug or alcohol issues, when they have got um, relationships at home that aren't working, they're going through a divorce, they've got children problems, it affects your bottom line because they're distracted, worrying about all those things. And this is where companies can, can you know, benefit from someone like me that comes in and works with their employees. Mm-hmm. You know, I go in and I work with team building. I work with the managers to teach them to be leaders. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't have a company that just says, hey, you breathe. Oh, let me make you in charge of this department. You don't know anything about it, but you breathe. Okay, so we're going to make you've been here longer than anybody else. We're going to make you a manager of this department. Absolutely. That is not effective. Absolutely. Because you can't if if you don't have a group of people in a business that respects that leader, that supervisor, then you don't have a manager. Right. You have to have somebody that has leadership skills, and if they don't have leadership skills, then you're not doing your company any favors. Absolutely. Because people have to want to follow that person. That's interesting that I you have, say that. Go ahead. Yeah. I have one last question. We're getting close to the end of the uh, half hour here. One more question, and we talked a little bit about this earlier. Uh, a lot of your micro-businesses uh, that I work with especially um, are usually husband and wife, boyfriend and girlfriend. Okay, And we had this conversation as far as nepotism in the workplace. But I just want to focus more on the couples within the business that own this business and the the switch between personal life and business life. Because a lot of times what I run into with my businesses that I consult is the dynamic between the two within the business environment is not what it should be. It's it's basically in front of the employees, the husband is treating the wife the same way in the business environment that he would at home. You're talking about boundaries now. Of well, course. Well, it's the same respect. thing with children yeah. because divide and conquer. Right. Yeah. So if we have a dysfunctional relationship outside of work, we're going to have one in, in the business. Absolutely. And the employees are going to be just like the kids. If I can't get it from dad, I'm going to go to mom. And so the the couple better be a darn strong couple. And if they're not, it's not going to work. And it's going to affect their bottom line. They're probably not going to be in business long or they're not going to be married long. Right. Absolutely. And this is exactly my husband and I are in business together. And one of the things that we've found is understanding what each other's strengths are. 
And when it comes to business, we acknowledge those strengths and we don't try and take over. So by working together, we can build a stronger team than separately. And and I would think that would be the only way, best way that it would work, because if you're both overlapping each other, that I don't see how that would work. And the other angle of this is if you're if you are business owners, husband, partners, life committed, whatever, however you want to brand yourself, team, you, if you're going through a conflict within the household, your employees will pick up on that. Right. And that can lead to, that There can be some, you know, if your husband or wife is harassing sexually another employee, it, tra- and those are hard topics. If you're, if, if one of you is bullying your employees, it affects the relationship, it's vice versa. In hostile, it's just a hostile work environment. So what tips do you have to maintain balance when you're um, co-managing your, you know, a a business because most of our, most of our um, audience are business owners. So they, they own their business and they operate the business. So as you know, and we do have husbands, I mean, couples that are listening to us too. So what tips do you have for balancing that? Well, those are issues that every business needs to address because hostile work environments, Sexual harassment is something that every business owner should be addressing because it can be very costly and litigious for them. And that's one of the things I do when I go into businesses. I do a a training. It takes like 30 minutes for new employees to go through, you know, the do's and don'ts of how you – you know, how you need to conduct yourself in the work environment. And one of the first things I tell new employees is, you know, there's lots of places you can go find people to date. And in the work right. environment, is probably not the best pool no. to be go, going no. fishing. Because w- when it doesn't work out, it becomes a really uncomfortable place for everyone. And the last question I have on any tips that you have for potential uh, for um employers who have um, difficult employees that are not necessarily difficult employees, but employees who are going to difficult time, whether it is with depression or just becoming more aware of signs of suicide, um, people who are suicidal. How do you help your employee in or drug addictions or any type of, um, you know, challenge that could be facing that could impact your business as a whole? I think owners and supervisors need to be mindful of the warning signs of depression, warning signs of suicide, and don't be afraid to say something, asking people if everything's okay. Be mindful that there's been a recent death or there's been a recent breakup and be staying in communication with that employee because not talking about it or not saying, hey, how are you doing after they just lost a loved one mm-hmm. or, you know, they're, you know, that they just had a breakup. Don't not saying anything, you know, because, oh, I don't want to upset them. They're right. thinking about it. So not saying something isn't helping. That just says nobody cares. Right. So you've got to keep talking and you got to keep asking them how they're doing, because that makes a world of difference. When it you does talk in to their people. work performance, too, because Absolutely. if they feel as though you're there supporting them, yes. they're going to be they're going to own their position more and want yes. to show appreciation. Because you're you're telling them I care. Yes. Well, that's the end of our half hour. Um, Robin, I'd love for you to kind of tell our audience, how can they reach out to you if they need to? Well, you can go to my website, which is robinsebold.com, or you can call me at 407-765-9379.
Thank you Thank so you. much. And I managed to finish this without talking politics. As you know, I'm passionate about politics. So <laughs> this was a uh, this was our effort of bringing awareness to the topic of mental health at work. And I hope you enjoyed the show. My name is Sandra Dorsey, and I am here with my... Dana Oliva, my co-host. My co-host is the word <laughs> I was looking for. Again, stay tuned for the next amazing podcast session with Charged Up Studio. You can reach us at chargedupstudio.live. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. We also invite you to join us on Patreon as a supporter for Charged Up Studio. Thank you once again for joining us for this session. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.